The Black Mass was a horror supernatural anthology produced by KPFA, which was the result of a successful collaboration between Eric Bowersfield, who was a producer, director, adapter, and an actor, and John Whiting, who was the production director, both at KPFA Berkeley. The series ran irregularly from 1963 to 1970 and dramatized at least 43 stories. The episodes ranged from 3 to 42 minutes in length. Now, The Black Bass featured tales about the macabre, the bizarre, the supernatural, and the generally, I guess you could say, discomforting stories from outstanding established authors, many of whom were not generally known for writing in those genres. The series used extremely high production quality, chilling tales, and excellent pacing, all combined to make this one of the best series around. Now don't expect much action in these stories. There's no chase scenes, no explosions, few screams. This is an intellectual series where mood is created through language, pacing, dialogue, and subtle music. Keep in mind this series dramatizes a wide range of writing styles. There is something here for everybody, which means you will either really like a story, maybe love it, or hate it. But the reality is, this is a very different and extremely well-produced series. In 1985, 16 of these stories were rediscovered and given new introductions and effects by James McKee and Ken Heller, and then rebroadcast as a series called Tales from the Shadows. On this track, you're going to hear The Boarded Window, a mystery produced in 1964 and based on a story by Ambrose Bierce published in 1891. A guitar sort of sets a melancholy mood. Uh, there's a wind that blows in and out. Sort of a down-home natural voice begins to tell a quiet story about two graves, an abandoned house, and the mystery of a boarded-up window. It seems Murloc and his wife Janice had settled the place so long ago nobody remembers exactly when it was. She died shortly thereafter, but Murloc stayed and just barely made a living through trapping. They lived in a small cabin, one door, one window. Now the door is gone and nobody can remember a time when the window wasn't boarded up. Eric Bowerfields plays Murloc, Ben Jack Petty is the narrative, and Amanda Folger plays Janice. The sound engineers John Whiting and Carl Schrager was in charge of the music. To help you understand the solution to the mystery, remember that the story takes place in a rural cabin around 1830. A window in such a cabin was merely a hole in the wall. There was no glass, there was no screen. To stop the cold there either would have been shutters that opened outward or a hinged set of boards that opened inward. But during warm weather, these could have been left open for months. Resource for the information of this program was from the oldtimeradioplotspot.com. Say that ten times fast. Now, Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, presents the rebroadcast of The Boarded Window from 1964. My name is John Lovering, and as always, the time that you take to listen to this podcast is very much appreciated, and I do thank you.
is an artist of powers as various as the instruments upon which he plays his dirges for the dead, evoking from some the sharpest, shrillest notes, from others the low, grave chords that throb recurrent like the slow beating of a distant drum. Some natures it startles, some it stupefies. To one it comes like the stroke of an arrow, stinging all the sensibilities to a keener life, to another as the blow of a bludgeon, which in crushing benumbs. These lines of Ambrose Bias serve well to introduce our adaptation of his short story, The Boarded Window. Everybody hereabouts knew the spot was haunted. Kids used to run up and throw stones at the cabin and then head out of there. Said they'd heard a rifle shot wing at them, or the ghost of one. I used to go up to the cabin now and then. Maybe it was the mystery of the place. More likely the sadness. It said something sad about them times. I found out about the rifle shot just an echo from the canyon if you throw a rock against the cabin. See, you can hear it when I throw. <laughs> Sounds like a rifle shot, but it's only an echo. name was said to be Murloc, as much as we know he was one of the first to arrive out in these parts. His wife died shortly after they got settled, that was so long ago no one can remember anything about her. After that he just lived on alone in the cabin. And you can still see where he cleared the ground. The trees never grew back. Made what little he needed off skin trading. Looks like he never used his clearing for growing anything. The whole story is just what you see. Cabin, clearing, and the two graves over there. One day they found him in the cabin dead. They couldn't tell for how long exactly. And they buried him alongside the grave of his wife. Well, that, that's about all there was. Except for the window and what I found out. The cabin has a single door and one window boarded up. No one can remember a time when the window wasn't boarded up. Well, that was the mystery. The door is gone and the cabin's empty, except for an old table no good for any use. But the window still keeps something out. 
I don't know if, if what I'll tell you explains it. You, you can judge for yourself. I was up here, late one afternoon. Supposed to see if there was anything about the cabin worth calculating in the sale of the timber property. Well, I was just standing here beside the house, looking at the window. Don't know what put the idea in mind, but I took up a stone and walked up to the window. It didn't take more than a few hits, and the boards began giving in, so as I could just push in from the bottom with my hand. The upper nails acted like a hinge and the boards opened up like a window. I looked inside. The whole place was as dark as night. Then it began happening. The darkness seemed to pour out of the room all around me till it was dark night everywhere. Then in the room, I saw them, like they begun to light up, or like I could see in the dark. I tell you, I saw the two of them, the body of a woman lying on the table and him, Murloc. I guess it was Murloc, asleep in the chair, head and arms on the table beside her. I, I found myself in the room, but I couldn't stand up. It, it was like some dream was on all fours, staring at the body of the woman, and then some, some strange compulsion seemed to take hold of me, and, and I sprang at her. settled here long ago, Janice and me. We, we had plans, plans to clear the land and farm it. We were one of the first out here and we had plans. Later we'd go to Cincinnati maybe, or further west, with the children as they came, seeing new things. That was the spirit then. She had it. She had it strong for a woman. She kept me afire with it. It was a fire between us. No man ever loved that much, I thought. Janice. Janice. It all ended. Ended almost before it began. Didn't even last beyond that first spring when she was took, took from me. I came in one day from gunning and there she was. Fever. Janice. Janice, there's no doctor, save 30 miles in Parley. 
Oh, but it's, it's going to be all right, Janice. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. Help me. Janice. We must stay together. Of course, Janice. It can't happen like this. All we've got to do. Hush, Janice, hush. Hush, we'll make it. We'll make it. We'll make it. But in three days, she was gone. Just gone. I watched her till morning. I couldn't believe that white face and still body was all there was left. I looked so long that all my feelings had gone too, gone with her. There was that what had to be done, and far as we were from anywhere, there was none to do it but myself. I hammered the boards into a box big enough pray God pray God that was all that had to be done it wasn't it wasn't Janice the dead have to be free Head for burial. It is a sacred duty. It had to be done. And I didn't know exactly how. I didn't remember exactly what I heard must be done. I did what I thought should. It was that. Oh, Janice. It was that had to be taken out. So the body not swell. Some things I, I did incorrectly, but as best I knew. Other things I, I did over and over. Oh, Janice, the duty for burial. It was the duty to do it. And, uh, and afterwards... I washed the body. I washed the body clean. Again and again. I didn't cry, Janice. I didn't cry. It was the right thing, best as I could do it. But I can't cry. Isn't it unkind not to cry for the dead? No, no, tomorrow. 
tomorrow when I dig the grave and, and lower the box and roll the dirt in, then I'll miss you, Janice, when you're no longer in sight. Now. how you'd comb it out. Long golden hair. Then and braid. Braid. I do it over and over till I get it right. And the ribbon. Oh, the ribbon to bind your wrists, Janice. I, I tie the ribbon over and over. I don't know how many times before the bow is just right. It must look just right. Just right, Janice. I worked almost all night. Then... Then laid the body on the table. All ready for the morning. Still, there was no grief. My heart could not contain it all, nor could I rightly conceive it. I didn't know I was so hard-struck. That, oh, that would come later. Later, Janice, and never go. Oh, I was tired. I was tired. might have been a beast, maybe a dream. Oh, I was too tired to tell. Ah, tired. Tired. Something woke me. It was pitch. I strained my eyes to see. I could see nothing but, but the dark. There was something in the room. Something alive. Something alive beside me. I felt the table shake, as if Janice, someone was walking. Janice, Janice, I, I, I flung my arms across the table. Ah, Janice, nothing was there. Janice, you, you can't be alive. You can't be alive after what I did to you. Stop, stop. Where's the rifle? The flash will light up the room. Oh. Stop. Stop! Ah! It was a cat! A 
Samantha, dragging her, dragging her to the window, its teeth fixed in her throat. Stop! 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 And when I returned to consciousness, the sun was high. The body lay near the window where the beast had left it. The clothing was deranged, the long hair in disorder. The limbs lay anyhow from the throat, torn apart, a pool of blood. The ribbon with which I had bound the hands was broken. The hands. The hands were tightly clenched. Ah. Between the teeth was a fragment of the animal's ear. That was The Boarded Window by Ambrose Bierce. The part of the narrator was played by Ben Giacopetti. The part of Janus was played by Amanda Folger. Murlock was played by Eric Bowersfeld. The musical background was performed and partly composed by Carl Schrager. The technical production was by John Whiting. <laughs>